Good morning, church. It's wonderful to be back. I have missed you all. <laughs> Actually, and obviously, by virtue of my work, I do see some of you at the, in the library. So it's good to be back. And thank you, David, for the opportunity to share the word. Um, we've just heard about COP26. And I know that if it doesn't challenge us, it will not change us. So I'm hoping that this conference of parties will be something that will challenge our leaders, the world leaders, and it will change them. And talking about challenges and changes, I know through the ministry of David, I have been challenged in this church. Challenged for the better. And it has changed me. And, and I like that. So this morning, I want to bring a message, hopefully that will challenge all of us in wherever we are in our faith. And I'm hoping that that will help us to dig deeper and grow in the things of God. God wants us to go deeper and deeper in these things. And I believe that hopefully as we do this together, we'll be challenging. Shall we pray? Father, we come as your people. We thank you. We got here this morning because you made it possible. It was not the alarm clock, but it's your grace and your mercy that has brought us thus far. We want to commit everything we are doing and we're going to do, even after the service, into your hands. We ask for your mighty presence. Be with us, our God. Bless us, for we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to bring us a message I've titled, Where Did It Fall? Occasionally, it is good and necessary for us to review where we are in our faith. And if we're able to do that, that will tell us exactly where we are. And then hopefully encourage us and challenge us to move perhaps to the next level or to do things better. In, our, uh, in the scheme of, 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 of what God has in store for us. So in our Christian work, sometimes we may think that we are closer to God. But that may not necessarily be the case. One may have assurance of salvation and still have a defective relationship with God. In fact, it is possible to have a right relationship with God, and at the same time, a wrong relationship. For the relationship might be right in terms of our personal faith, but wrong in that there are no works by which to glorify God. Because the whole existence of our being is to glorify God in whatever we are and whatever we're doing is to bring glory and honor to God. So it is an unchangeable, eternal, and rewarding truth that our own personal works should glorify God. And this is why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father 
which is in heaven. I want to cite the example of the prodigal son. I'm not really, um, you know, concentrating on him, but on his elder brother. We know this story. He asked, the prodigal asked the father for a share of the inheritance. He was given that. And he ran off to a far country, squandered the money. And when he came to his senses, he came back. And the heart of the father, the will of the father, is that it will go well with his son. And what did he do? He welcomed him with both arms, happy to celebrate. In fact, organized a party for him. But what happened? The elder brother was coming from the field and he came. And when he heard of all the uh, turmoil and everything that was going on, and the father explained to him what had happened, but he was not happy about it. He said, I've been with you all these years, but you haven't done anything for me. And here comes the one who has squandered your money, and you are celebrating him. You see, the elder brother was with the father, but he did not know the will of the father. We can be in a garden. We can be very busy doing all manner of things. Yes, required, necessary in the things of God. But at the same time, we, may, we have to be careful whether we are in the will of the Father. So from our major test this morning, from 2 Kings chapter 6, 1 to 7, here we have Elisha and a band of prophets, young prophets with him. Elisha had acquired them and because they were very eager to be mentored by him. The so-called prophets, sons of prophets, had outgrown their living quarters. And sometimes, church, it's necessary for us to have a review of our lives. You'll be hearing review, review, review. Have a review of where we are in the faith. Have a review of what you're doing. The sons of prophets have looked at their immediate surrenders and they thought, hmm, this is no longer sufficient. This is no longer good enough. We must do something about it. And sometimes it's necessary for us to say, hey, where are we are? David, I hope after your 10 years of being here, that even today, going forward, you will review, where am I in the faith? What can I do more? Or what can I do new? What is it that God is placing in my heart and in the heart of the church for us to do as a community of believers? So they had a review of the place and they decided that was not good enough. And they decided they want to build something better for them to dwell in and to serve their God. So they went to Elijah. They decided to do something about it and had a conference with Elisha. And once they have talked to Elisha and Elisha agreed, they headed to the Jordan River and each man began cutting down trees to make the beam for a new place, for a new church, for a new lodge, for a new manse, for a new building. Call it what you may. They wanted to make a new place for them to be together. And as they labored, one of the guys did not realize, he did not notice that his ass head was walking loose. And with each powerful swing of the ass, he didn't realize Things we are getting a bit loose at the ends and things like that. And that happens to us sometimes. We may be busy with the business of life, the business of the church, the business of our 
walk in the things of God, but not realizing whether we are really in tune with the one who has called us, the one we are going to be with at the end of the age. So it suddenly slipped off the handle. The acid slipped off the handle and splashed into the muddy water. The iron axe sank out of sight. And quickly, quickly as the young man stood on the bank of the river. What was his reaction? The young prophet was devastated and powerless to change what has happened to him. And sometimes it is like that with all of us. We feel powerless. We feel unable to change maybe what has happened to us. Maybe something that has deemed our, deemed our Christian work. Maybe something that has challenged us in ways we never thought was possible. So the young prophet was eager to do something for God, but he could no longer help. Cut trees with nothing but an axe handle to swing. The young prophet has lost the edge. He has lost the thing he wanted to use to do the work of God. Furthermore, the young man realized, and he cried out that it was bored. So he was concerned that he didn't have the money to replace it. He had the money maybe to pay for it. And sometimes things can hinder you and I. Things can make us not to be at the sharp end of where we believe God wants us to be. And if we are not careful, it may lead to discouragement or inability to continue the work that have been planned for you and I to do in the things of God, if we are really not careful. So, beloved, I want you to know that do not allow the lack of time, lack of finances, cause you to give up on whatever dream God has given to you. You dream to serve God and bring glory to him in whatever area and in whatever capacity he has called you to serve him. The emphasis I want to make right now, or the question I want to ask all of us right now, are you eager to do something for God? Do you feel there's something more God has in store for you even as you're sat here. Perhaps one time you sensed or felt the anointing of the Lord on your life and you were going very, very much on it, after it, for it. You had the edge. Your life was consecrated and you had the passion, you had the spiritual passion for the things of God. But somehow, something happened along the way. Since then, things have not been the same. I want to encourage and at the same time challenge all of us this day that God can still make the axe head 
swim in your life. He can give you back the edge that you have lost if you can cry out to him, if you can reach out to him. Our God is able and mighty to do that. So what has just happened to the young prophet? A decision was required. The first thing the young prophet did was to do something about it. After hearing this message, I pray that we'll do that review and do something about what we have heard today. He could have easily tossed the handle aside. He could have found a stump somewhere to sit on and he could have thrown his hand in the air and given up. After all, it was impossible to see the ass head in the muddy water. You see, people of God, he had faith that somehow everything would turn out all right. That's what we are called to be, a people of faith. We don't know how it's going to happen, but we have an anchor. We have someone that we are holding on to, and somehow it's all going to be okay. If we can source it out, if we can know it all, where is the faith? Why do you need faith for? But you have a God who is dependable. We have a God that you can trust. You have a God who says, come, I will never leave you nor forsake you. A God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you think or ask. That is the God you serve. In case you need reminding, you serve a great God. Hallelujah, somebody. You serve a big God. You have a God who is able to help you in times of your need. So he had faith that somehow everything would turn out all right. And that's why he turned to Elisha for help. Faith is trusting God no matter how impossible the odds are. You know what? Sometimes God invites us, invites you and I to defy the odds. Invites you and I to defy the odds. What are the odds that seem to be stuck up against you at this very moment that you're hearing this message? Sometimes God allows those things to happen so that we can experience a miracle of divine proportion. This is one, something a modern David in churches these days. But to be honest, for those who go to Africa and who go to Asia, who go to some of these countries where people have nothing, they don't have 24-hour electricity, they don't have running water, all they have is to depend on the dependable God. And they see things happen, David. They see things. They see healings. They see deliverance. They see God come through in whatever they are seeking God for. I want us, I want to challenge us to rise up in our spirit that we serve a God who is still able to work a miracle in your life, to work a miracle in his church, to work a miracle in my life. That God is still the same yesterday, today, 
and forevermore. It hasn't changed. He remains the same. It's how. He said, I am what I am. If you feel that I'm your healer, I will be your healer. If you think I am the provider, I will be your provider. If you think I'm your security, I will be your security. So the extent to which you draw near to God is the extent to which he will come near to you and I. That is the God that we serve. So talking about the impossible, the impossible, however, was exactly what the young man signed for. After all, he was standing under Elisha, who, had, who was um, credited with the following miracles. I just want to read out some of these miracles to stir us up, for you to know that God is able to do some stuff in our lives. In the life of, and the ministry of Elisha, he had double portion of Elijah's miracles. He did twice the miracles of his predecessor. He struck the river, the same river, with Elijah's cloak, and the waters immediately parted so that he could walk across. He made the water of Jericho drinkable. Uh, well, I drank something in that area when I went to Israel. You know, uh, what I the same water, but I believe because they venerate that place, it's the same God. So it's a love. It was lovely at that time. He made oil multiply in the widow's house. He raised a young man from the dead. He had a solution to the batch of poison stew. He made bread multiply to feed a hundred men. He healed Naaman's leprosy with exposing, while exposing his servant Gehazi's greed. So working with Elisha, the impossible was part of the job. That is what I'm praying. That as I restart my ministry, I want God to do something. And I want impossibility to be part of that ministry by his grace. So working with Elisha, impossibility was part of that. So instead of hiding away in defeat, what did the young prophet do? He made the choice. He made the choice to hope and believe. Because he knew that he was serving a great God. We sing it in our hymns. We sing it in our song. We serve a great, great God. Our God is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. There is something powerful about the power of a made-up mind. The first thing that the young prophet did was to make up his mind, to believe God, that he was able to intervene in his situation. What I'm saying is he made up his mind to do something that seemed impossible. He refused to have a defeatist mentality. He refused to be defeated. That's what I'm saying. Secondly, he decided to confess where he had lost it. He did not keep silent. He cried out to the prophet to help him regain what he had lost. Church, we will never accomplish anything by remaining silent 
or in denial about our work or about our situation and wherever we are in faith with God. Perhaps you have lost your passion for Christ. Confess it to someone who can pray for you and with you and help you find your way back to the zeal that you had for the Lord. It is recorded that his zeal, the zeal of the Lord, has consumed me. And that is my prayer, that the zeal of the Lord will consume all of us. The young man cried out to Elijah, and Elisha, sorry, Elisha, responded, where did it fall? Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it into the water. And he made the iron float. Thereby defying gravity. God, our maker, can defy whatever the problem we are going through. So that he alone will get all the glory. The third thing the young prophet did when he cried out, Elisha said to him, pick it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. Elisha did not grab the axe for him. He had to do it himself. God will not do for you and I what we can do for ourselves. He will not do that. As I begin to bring my message to a close, Philippians chapter 3, 13 to 14 that we just read, there are three things every believer must do, I believe. First is forgetting wherever you are right now, wherever you are coming from, Whatever has happened, forget the things that are behind. Forget past difficulties, past failures, sacrifices that you made in the past, obstacles that you have faced. Whatever the issues are, forget them. They remain in the past. Every runner in a race must reach for the prize. They never look back. Because if you look back, you will not win the race. Reach for the things before us. Reach for victory. It's the thing that we want to do. Reach for the glory of God. Reach for the things that God has called you. What is it that you knew, you, you had in mind that God has called you to do? Reach for those things. The crown or prize goes only to the one who is able to win. It goes only to the victor. Reach for success in your own individual ministry, in your own individual call, in whatever you're doing. Christian success in whatever way or form is, as I said, to glorify God. Reach for it. And then press towards the mark, to the finish line. This is the goal of all sports, to press to the finish line. The goal of all that we're doing is that at the end, 
it will be, well done, that good and faithful servant. Well done for the service you rendered in my name. Well done for the things you have done where God has placed you. David, I always say to people in any church, whenever you decide in a place to worship, you've got to make sure that is your home, your home church. Because whatever you need, God will supply it in that area. Wherever he has placed you, that is where God will make the provisions for you. And everything you need, as I said to people, is for people review, um, removed. There's somebody who knows somebody, who knows somebody, who knows somebody, who God has placed in that place to be a blessing to you and I. So that if you need money, if you need to reach out to the bank, there is somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. If you make the inquiry, somebody knows somebody. If you need a loan in the bank, somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. God will make the provision where you are. That is how he works. And that is why if he has called you to be at any particular place, you need to work out your own salvation in that place. Work out what he has called you to do and then bring glory to his name in that thing that you have been called to do. So we press towards the mark. Press towards the finish line. This is our aim. Press towards faithfulness because that is the requirement of a steward. Press to the high calling of God in our lives. So as I bring my message to close, I ask the question again. Do you remember the passion you had for the Lord when you were first saved? The people around you noticed the passion you, you used to have for the Lord. Maybe due to life's batterings and disappointments suffered along the way. That has made your love for the Lord to be somehow Back to the scriptures we just read. The man confessed what he had lost. The young prophet confessed what he had lost and cried out to Elisha and went to the spot where it was lost. And by the grace of God, it was recovered. You too, me too, all of us can recover where we lost it. Amen. Shall we pray? And Father, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for having called us to faith. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We are grateful. And Father, I pray that you will stir all of us, stir us up to dig deeper in your things. Bring us to that point that you want us to be. Where our faith is shaky, encourage us by the words of today. And where we are moving in the right direction, help us to focus on you. And in that everything we do will be something that will bring glory 
and honor to your name. For we thank you and we bless you now. In Jesus' name. Amen.